Hello, and welcome to Beautiful Failures Podcast. This is Andy Real, And I'm Stephen Keach. And this is a show where we interview creatives about failures in their life and career that help propel them where they are today. So there's like a million podcasts out there. What do you hope to accomplish? Uh, I think, <clears throat> okay, my main goal uh, is first of all, to have really great conversations. Uh, but to get to the bottom of of the struggles that we kind of all face. And now I know a lot of like creatives out there that um, they get frozen by all of these insecurities that we all face, the imposter syndrome, the jealousy, the all that stuff. It just causes them to stop and not do anything, not produce anything, not be productive. Uh, and, and they're like, they're frustrated, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to know, I want to get to the bottom of like how people overcome those obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like some of the people that we'll have on this podcast, like, uh, everybody has a unique story of, mm-hmm. and every single creative person I've ever met all deals with the same stuff. Yep. Yep. Uh, there's not one person that I've ever met that, uh, you know, like has this perfect image of themselves and like, sure. Uh, never, never deals with self doubt and yep. all that stuff. So like, uh, so my main goal is just to kind of dig deep into that and talk about, all of those things that can keep us from doing what we love doing mm-hmm. uh, and, and how certain people have overcome mm-hmm. those obstacles. Yeah. I think that's great. I think, you know, my goal with this is definitely like having great conversations with creatives in our circle, um, whether it's friends or colleagues or friends of friends and making other creatives and people feel less alone through the stories that we share. I think many of us, especially if we freelance, like feel a lot of isolation and like within that isolation, it can get very dark at times. And I think this will just open up the door and these conversations will, will help people like, feel less alone. So I'm looking forward to it. And it's an excuse to like talk to our friends and have these intentional conversations that we might not have otherwise and, you know, share them, share them with the world. And I think that's awesome. Um, Yeah. Do you think, all right, so we both come out of like a similar like background. So Steven and I both played in hardcore bands growing up. We were heavily influenced by the quote-unquote scene in our youth. And I, I would still say it plays like a pretty vital part in my professional life in a way that I never imagined. Would you like say the same thing for you and your career? Do you feel like there's like a thread with like the music scene that you came up in that, that still exists? with what you do now. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, I fought it for a long time too. Oh, you fought it. Oh, Why? I fought it hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, cause like, I didn't want to be known as the metal screamer guy. Okay. Right. Like, sure. uh, you know, I, I love writing music and that was why, what got me into being in a band in the first place. Yeah. And, 
Um, and I felt like my identity was like so wrapped up in being the metal screamer guy that, uh, I couldn't escape it, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, and so it made me do a lot of stupid stuff, like, uh, just try and ignore that part of my past and try and like move away from it in whatever way. So like I put out a quick story. I like quit the band, moved to Nashville and, Uh, not actually in that order, but, uh, I ended up in Nashville and I decided I'm like, all right, band's over. I'm going to do solo stuff. Yep. I'm going to be the next Jeff Tweedy or something. Yep. Uh, which I'm not. (laughs) And, uh, and so I started making like this, like kind of Beatlesy, like, uh, retro sounding rock that was so absolutely opposite of everything that Haste the Day was. Sure. And, uh, I consider that a great, great failure in okay. in my career. Okay. Um, and Interesting. it didn't have to be that way. I could have slowly transitioned or like taken advantage of some of the opportunities that I could have had after the band. Um, but I was insecure and I was scared of being typecasted into this role. I don't know. Sure. Was it similar? Like, was, was that the yeah, same for you? I tend to like, just go all in. So like I once my band ended, I moved to New York city, like literally month months after and started like interning and like, um, had some really cool opportunities that, 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 that year and really haven't picked up a guitar since. So that's been like, you know, a a very long time. (laughs) Uh, but I would say like the, the, the scene that we both came out of is so, even as I get older, I realize so vital, like to oftentimes like the people I hire, like that's not like a prerequisite, obviously, but like if you come out of this like scene, there's almost like a un un like said language that you can telepathically have <laughs> with, that, with that person oftentimes. Like mm-hmm. you just like get each other. Yeah. Right. So it's like almost like shorthand. Um but even though like the way I I think and do business, like so much was influenced by that. And um, it's still like a very important part of who I am. And it's like, not like even an identity thing as much of like, like a DNA thing, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. You know? Yeah, definitely. All right. So fun question. What was like Steven's eighth grade bands? What were your top three <laughs> eighth grade bands? Oh, uh, on, a, on a lighter note. Yeah, that's good. Um, were you playing by the time you were in eighth grade? Yeah. yeah. So same, I tried same. to start bands in eighth grade. but yep. they, So like up until I didn't start my first, I would consider it a successful band because we actually played. Yeah. I didn't start that until ninth grade. Same. Um, Pr- pretty similar. Yeah. Eighth grade. I remember trying to start a band. This is, this goes into the question you're asking. Yeah. Uh, and we tried to cover a Juliana Theory song. Nice. Uh, very cool. We never made it fully through the songs. I'd have to stop and like, show people what part they had to play yep and uh uh yeah so the juliana theory is definitely up there okay. for me okay um let's see uh i was a big mxpx fan same same um you know let's see what else uh i kind of rediscovered this band recently the anniversary you remember that nice band? nice uh yeah yeah i rem- I, I remember seeing really them. great but very much off key vocals. Yes. But it was like, it worked. It was right? endearing. Yeah. It was endearing. 
Um, and I can go on like for a million years because that it's was a good probably dance. yeah it's a good picks yeah good picks. I would say like there's a little bit of an age gap between you and I, not much, but I'd say for me like eighth grade like like many people like Green Day changed everything like oh, yeah. changed my whole world and then quickly you know you discover new bands so quickly you know pivoted into NoFX and Operation Ivy, uh, Rancid, MXPX was yeah. big for me at the time as well. But like, you know, all those like mid nineties punk bands, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that really changed so much. And, uh, you know, you progressed and you get into like, like heavier stuff and like, you know, kind of keep, keep going down that track. But yeah, it's, um, it's crazy to, um, one thing we also have in common is we're, we're both fathers and it's on that note, it's crazy to like see my kids, like kind of rediscover some of these like 90s bands just because like you know there's a bit of a 90s resurgence resurgence happening right now so it's it's, Dude, it's my, funny my four-year-old wants to hear zombie by the cranberries like all the time <laughs> okay like i don't what know do what it is about that is? song i have no idea i should i like i think i sang it as like a joke or okay. something uh one day and he just thought it was so awesome and so i played him the song and he like no, he just loves it. Yep. He'll listen to it over and over and over again. That and uh, Iron Man by Black Sabbath. Okay, he'll great. listen to it on repeat forever. <laughs> future rocker for sure. Oh yeah, um, future rocker. Okay, um, so I don't know if we've got, uh, you know, we want to keep this short, but I do have a question for you. Like, go what for it. what is it that got you from like playing bands to like deciding to go into like film and video yeah. and all that stuff? Yeah, it's funny, man. Like I, um, you know, I wanted to. Uh, be a director since like uh, I was in probably like second grade, which is kind of unusual. Uh, you know, like my parents had like one of those like books that you like wrote down your career and shit like that, like every year, you know, and um, that's what I wanted to do. You know, I like probably like a lot of other kids, like, yeah, I was a little bit weird, you know, but like created movies and TV shows in my head, talked myself on the playground until way too late of an age to be doing that, <laughs> but like highly, highly imaginative and then got into like music and that like kind of stopped all that. Like all I want to do is like play in a band tour, maybe have a record shop, like whatever. And then rediscovered like after the, the, the band thing, like this is something that, you know, I, I, I want to do and, and pursue and try, but yeah, it's like one of those things that's just kind of like in me from a, from a young age. Yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Same. Yeah. I mean, like I've told this story like a million times, but, uh, my, my parents took me to see Jurassic Park when I was five, oh, which nice. is like nice. hilarious to me because, you know, again, I've got a four year old and I can't even imagine him watching Jurassic <sighs> yeah. Park. It's like yeah, so intense, Yeah, but the score like really made a huge impact on me. Yep. And I remember just thinking like, I had that melody stuck in my head for, for like weeks. Yep. And I could not get it out of my head, but it was so like emotional to me. Yep. And it just like made me feel so connected to the film and the triumph of them getting off the island and all that stuff. Yep. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Jurassic Park, uh, you're too late. For sure. <laughs> they get off the island. Chris Pratt is Mario. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> no, that's great, man. Like, yeah, I mean, that's 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 beautiful. And we also, so Keech and I have one thing in common. We both have a great love for 
the Terminator 2 soundtrack. Am yes. I allowed to say this out oh, loud? Yeah, we, we need to just like own that. that shit. Come on. Oh yeah. Uh, great soundtrack. Pretty, pretty cool film, man. Like, like it I think it holds up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like era. Is that like defining. 92? Yeah. Uh 90, I think. Damn. Is that do we need to look this up? I don't have my phone on me, but yeah. What is it? We got to fact check this. We got to fact check it. But, uh, you know, to summarize, we want to make this like intro episode, like pretty short, like to summarize, like we want beautiful failures to be a podcast that is conversations with creatives about things and their career or life that they deemed as failures that pushed them to that next level or taught them something that was life-changing and um like all of us you know as Keach said earlier we deal with insecurities isolation all these things and we just want to like talk about it i think it helps yeah you feel less alone talking about shit so yeah absolutely and this will not be therapy this will not be public therapy although maybe a little bit but yeah no i think that it'll be one of those things where uh if you hear if you're a creative person and you hear someone else talking about the same struggles that you're going through, like, and how they overcame that, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful connection right there. And, Absolutely. Um, and can really, I don't know, just help somebody who might be in a rut or. Uh, Think through know. things differently, yeah. maybe, you know, like the learning from other people's experiences can oftentimes like teach you something. And I think the initial goal is talking to People in the production and film world, whether they're directors, DPs, um, you know, scorers. Is that the right scorers? Composer, Composers, I guess, yeah. there you go. Um, but we might branch out. We'll see, you know. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to start. And Because yep. uh, it, it can also be that industry can be very like dog eat dog, you know. And I, yep. I just don't, uh, I don't like participating in something that's just like all about like climbing the the rungs you know sure. trying to get to the top sure. in any way possible i think that we're a lot better when we stick together and we like can encourage each other and bring people out of isolation yep um so that's yeah great. i think that's that that's what i want this podcast to be and um and i'm excited to have a lot of good conversations yep we got some great guests already booked so be on the lookout for that all right and to summarize this Steven and I were both wrong. Terminator 2 was not 90. It wasn't 92. It was 91. Ah, 91. Boom. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk soon. Peace. Peace.